This is Nordic Innovation Forecasts. My name is Nils Johan Halvorsen and the headline of this episode is Health Innovation in the Nordic Region. Three brilliant guests make up the panel for this discussion and as usual they can introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Marianne Larsson. I work at Innovation Skåne in Sweden. Together with a number of Nordic partners, uh, I run Health Tech Nordic with more close to 300 born health tech companies. My name is Nima Jokin Lakso. I'm born in northern Sweden, but I'm currently working as a senior advisor at Business Finland. It's a national export promoting organization. Uh, and in my role, I help uh, Finnish companies into the uh, Swedish market. My name is Rasmus Malborg. Um, I work for Nordic Innovation. I've been doing that for about four years now. I'm also working uh, with the Health Demography and Quality of Life program. And I'm leading our health initiative on called Health Tech and Life Science. Why is region-specific health innovation in the Nordics so important? From a Nordic innovation perspective, and in my opinion also from the Nordic countries, there's a big uh, possibility to actually come up with new innovations in the Nordics based on the good quality data that we have, based on the fact that we are good at uh, using technology and society is open to doing that. And the reality is here that we can, we basically have, as I see it, um, two choices. We can either use the health data we have and the innovations that we have to, to come up with new solutions, or we can let uh, big international companies from outside the Nordics utilize their capacity and our abilities to innovate here to come up with solutions that we can then purchase afterwards. I would prefer that we do it the first way. We can then control what our health data is used for. There's also the fact that we in the Nordics need to come up with new ways of, of making money. Our oil is running out and we need to come up with something else. And we are sitting on a potential gold mine of high quality health data that can be used for new innovations. Marianne, you say that there are many good examples of functioning health tech already in the Nordics, but give us still an overview of the status as it is today, as, as you see it. What we've seen in the world during the last one or two years, we've seen online visits opening the doors to digital solutions. I would say that that is wave number one. That is what we see everywhere. We see it in the Nordics as well. That has opened the doors to this gold mine where we have also wave number two. This wave number two crosses the silos, puts very efficient and nice to use, designed specifically for the user, tools for the individual, for chronics, for instance. We got a number of different uh, solutions for different problems uh, and different kinds of people, tech savvy or non-tech savvy, uh, where they learn more about themselves very easily. They can have a small device, a heart device like Koala Life, for instance, in the pocket and use it for a minute, twice a day, alerting the doctor automatically if they have an accelerating conditions. 
The doctor could have a tool. This is already implemented. The doctor could have a tool sorting thousands of patients and addressing those who need it the most. This has already saved a number of lives, and it's proven to reduce the need for hospital care by 50% while improving life quality for the individual. Now, Chronic disease is the majority, it's, it's more than 80% of our healthcare costs in the rich world. If we can reduce the need to 50%, I'm quite sure that we can, by using these technologies, we could actually do a lot more, improve health for all people with the same resources. I'm not saying we, need, we should cut down on resources because the needs are immense. But with the same resources, we could do a lot more. Now, we already have these solutions. I'm just urging the Nordics to start using them, widely implementing them, setting standards, because we are, we are a little like a one single market. And I'll try to explain what that is. We have government-controlled healthcare. We have gov government-funded healthcare. The majority of healthcare in the Nordics is government-funded. That is, there are few, few policymakers that can actually agree on doing a lot of things. You also say, Marianne, that the advantage that the Nordic health tech companies have is that they are born health tech. What do you, what do you mean by that? That means two things. They combine health competence like medical doctors and tech competence from start. That is really key, one key. The other key is that their ambition is to, to provide better health with lower resources, better health, life quality, etc. That has always been their vision and their goal. So they don't have to divert into other things or, you know, be consumed by their tr traditional other lines of business or organizational aspects. Nima, in, in this, well, global playing field with rising protectionism, but also regions banding together, what is your view on the Nordic position? I think the Nordics can take a very strategic position in this whole sector because it, what we're seeing right now is that we are having this kind of uh, a world that is kind of going more and more into different regions that are kind of becoming more and more isolated. And then from a Nordic perspective, we would like to have as much as possible an open trade-oriented sharing uh, uh, global network. Uh, so I think that's, that is actually part of our core strength is that we do uh, we are a trusted partner. People have trust us. Uh, they see that as you know the, the honesty and the kind of transparency that we bring to the table. That's definitely a core strength. Um, but at the same time, I do think that you know in the Nordics we have some good things. You know we have the local expertise. We have local investments done into this sector. We are have an environment of innovation. I mean, all the Nordics have, have are excellent both in publishing. You know, patent applications, uh, but they're also good at you know being excellent test beds. 
Um, I know that Marianne was saying that we're, we're considered pretty good. Uh, I used to host a lot of uh, in, uh, international delegations and, and I present them. And I must say, we're not just pretty good. Uh, we're excellent. We have an excellent reputation worldwide. Uh, and, and some examples are that, you know, we have good, well-known hospitals like the New Karolinska Hospital in, in, in Sweden. There's the HUS in Finland. All the Nordic countries have excellent healthcare systems uh, that are well-known. Uh, so we have to kind of use that. The thing I would like to also add is I like this concept of talking about, uh, let's say, data as the new oil. Well, while we are not as blessed with oil as the Norwegians, I must say that, you know, we have a long, very long history of collecting good quality data. We have the quality registers. We have done a lot of big genome projects on, on national level, uh, but we also have the data lakes. So these data lakes are definitely one of our core strengths that, that we have in the Nordics. And, and I think that is something that not even the big players that are more, let's say, in the Silicon Valley or B2C oriented have uh, uh, in, in the same sense. So we have to kind of remember that, that we, we come into this table with large core strengths, but we should be doing it together because I would still consider that Nordics is a very small market, uh, a small home market. Nordic innovation feels that we need to work together, not only against the big international companies, but at the same time it is crucial that we manage, we must manage to work together across the Nordic borders and even together with the big international companies. Otherwise, we will not be able to make and take the really big initiatives, the ones that will generate income from the global market. With that in mind, Marianne Larsson uh, gives light to a few important issues in the competition against, say, Silicon Valley. We're too slow. We're very good, but we're too slow. Um, so th- there are different strategies how we can overcome that, but we def- definitely need to improve pace. One of the issues is the home market, the size of the home market. The U.S., the Silicon Valley companies, they have a huge home market. They can build strength from innovation to very strong companies. They have entrepreneurial uh, venture capital. So the entrepreneurial venture capital is slightly different to very much of the capital we have in the Nordics, I would say, uh, driving uh, the, the, you know, think global, be big, go fast, uh, take a lot of risk, etc. Um If we have 25 million or so people in the Nordics, we're quite a a big chunk of market when it comes to healthcare. But if we take the city where I live, Lund, it's pretty small. And they will have to work a lot of time to be able to build the muscles, the financial muscles to really be able to compete. That's that's why I think also we need to work in the Nordics. We have so much to do that we could do more rapidly together if we do the right things. The other thing about big international players, I would say, I don't hate them, I love them because they drive this and they they convey the message and it's very good. And I think we should cooperate with them because when companies in the Nordics actually succeed abroad, that's when the real growth in jobs comes back home. That's what the Israelis have known for so long. So we need to have internationally successful companies. They can piggyback 
on bigger corporates, international ones, providing them with the born health tech capacity and the knowledge that they have and utilizing the corporate market uh, penetration. So cooperation is what I would like to see. So first of all, I think that, that I was just making notes here that speed, if there's one thing we need to improve in the Nordics, we're already innovative. We already kind of established that, but we are way too slow. Um, a, a friend of mine, Anders Lundberg, who used to be the uh, national coordinator of the life science by the Swedish government, he's, he said that it takes 14 years to an innovative product to be uh, spread through the whole healthcare system. 14 years. Imagine what has happened in 14 years from now and back 14 years. And imagine 14 years from now ahead. We are way too slow. And the reason, I'm still going back to this, I don't believe we are a single market because the reason why we are not a single market is that they, it is based on regional decisions. It's or we have a very decentralized system and it's also not B2C oriented. We have a very public uh, funded healthcare, uh, which means that you get a lot of uh, localization. You get a lot of decision makers. Now, that's good and bad because I would actually claim that that's one of the reasons the big players have a hard time entering the healthcare system because they don't understand complex sales. You know, they're great at, you know, user experience, finding what, you know, the customer wants. But our healthcare models are not based on, let's say, customers, even though we like to call them customers. In reality, it's complex sales. Uh, and in reality, most healthcare systems worldwide are complex sales. They're very seldom true, let's say, B2C marketing. So um, I would say that where we have a challenge, we need to get faster. Where I would definitely agree is that we need to have this collaboration. I know that the Nordic Ministers Council lifted that there is this goal that the Nordic should be the most integrated healthcare region. And I think that's possible. We're not there. We're definitely not there. And we saw this during COVID. We're not there. And there has been criticism about it. But I think the, the correct assessment was that we could be the most integrated healthcare area. And the reason is that we all share the same agenda. We share the same in, uh, incentives. We are thinking the same. On local level, it looks very different, but we are thinking the same. That helps creating trust. So, and also this is a big value that we have in the Nordics that I should think we should lift more. So yes, uh, more Nordic collaboration, and this is how we come faster. We have to get faster. I very much agree with the need for speed. The, the word on the street is that we've seen more integration of new digital solutions within the last 18 months that we've seen in the previous 10 years. Now that may be an exaggeration, but at the same time though, it does tell us something about the fact that we will need to be or have a, have a system and have a way of thinking that allows us to utilize new innovations at a faster pace because that will both give us better healthcare, it will give better service to the citizens, and it will also enable our, our companies to be able to export uh, solutions that are of interest in countries where things move faster because they will have them tested on the whole market. So I, I completely agree. I think that's very important. To me, uh, a layman, it sounds like we're talking about two things, bettering the health of the citizens in the Nordic countries and also making money on health tech and data by both competing and collaborating with the big international players. I see a bundle of traps to fall into here. There are a bundle of traps and they seem to be repeated and repeated and repeated from those, I would say, who don't want this change. 
So I don't think it's rocket science solving those traps. I call these things ghosts. They're easy to to take care of, I think. Not easy, but if we want to, we can solve these issues. It's interesting to see that when COVID came, in a way it was an enabler for a lot of these changes. Everything that was seen said that it is impossible overnight became possible. Uh, so this is exactly what Mariam was saying. It's a ghost. Most of these things can be solved if there is a willingness to do so. Let's face it. Today, if, if, you are, if you're a doctor and you have an emergency, uh, you, you have a patient there, you, you know that there are other doctors out there who are uh, better at this or has specific knowledge of whatever complication it is that this patient has in front of you. Now, what do you do? You have an option to take your mobile phone, if, you can, if it's something that you can actually take a picture of, and send it via WhatsApp or some other, some, some other sort of social media app to the doctor that you uh, know is capable of answering some very, very crucial questions for the health and safety of this individual who you've got in front of you. What do you do? Officially, that's, that's completely breaking the law. I mean, you're sending pictures uh, across an unsafe and, and unauthorized uh, network on a, uh, on a, on a, on an app that you know is owned by Facebook. Um, but what's the reality? What does the doctor do? I will bet you anything that if the doctor is standing there with an emergency, they will use whatever equipment they have available to get the answer that will save the life of the, of, of the patient. So, why not set up the systems so that we can do this in a safe and secure manner so that we have the, 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 the communication apps systems in place so that there are these possibilities for the doctors to get the best uh, available opinion on the case that they have right in front of them. I, I think this is, I think this is will at the end of the day, both save lives and, uh, you know, ensure that that uh, this is done in a, done in a way that everybody can live with. And I fail to that at the end of the day. Sure, you can have citizens signing whether or not they want this to happen with them, just like you have with blood transfusion, right? But I think most people will see the sense in ensuring that the doctors are able to communicate across the borders and using you know, equipment that that is safe and secure. We need to ensure that our medical systems have this possibility. I would say that this is already happening and it's the patients driving this change. I've seen studies several years ago of very old people using new, new tools um, uh, where they were monitored remotely by the doctor with the system prioritizing, but they felt more safe. And, and that was just a study. This was five years ago, sir. Now this is in operation. But at that point, after the study was finished, those tools were taken away from the patient. And it was a disaster for the patient. Um, so they are already approved by patients. They're, they want this change. And they're approved by profession who needs it and tries it. Um, so I had this doctor in a panel, a very famous one. I don't remember his name, but he's traveling the world 
uh, he's, he's based in Oxford, I think, and he's traveling the world in, on digitalization of health. He's a surgeon, basically, from the beginning by trade. Uh, but he said in this panel a year ago, he said, it should be illegal not to use tools that are better for the patients. It should be illegal. <laughs> it really should be. It's like having a, you know, if you take an airplane, you would you would rather fly an airplane with the, uh, an autopilot than just taking a chance on the human error all the time, wouldn't you? Can I, I think this is a very interesting topic because obviously there's a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, um, liabilities and there's a lot of, let's say, responsibilities that are, are in effect. But, but the thing I think you lifted out well is that, you know, having these as a support, you know, having that data as a support for the decision maker. But we should not also forget about preventive care. I mean, there's a lot of areas here where we're still being very, very reactive. And if there's one thing we could in the Nordics be definitely in the forefront and really kind of breaking those, let's say, those silos that, that Rasmus was mentioning about is in the preventive care. I mean, we could actually learn a lot both from, let's say, the, the transport sector, the food and consumer sector, but also from gaming. You know, how do you make people to behave in certain ways? Nima Jukilaksu got the last word in this episode as he also mentioned preventive care, a topic that you can hear more about in another episode of the Nordic Innovation Forecast. I've been Nils-Johan Halvorsen. Thank you for listening.